Hey everyone, I'm Julie Gunlock, host of the Bespoke Parenting Hour. Today you're going to be listening to a special pop-up version of Bespoke with IWF Visiting Fellow Heather Hunter. Enjoy! Hi, on this episode of Bespoke Parenting Podcast, Heather Hunter, I'm Visiting Fellow at Independent Women's Forum, sitting in for Julie Gunlock. Thank you for Julie for uh, letting me in uh, at this wonderful podcast. And this podcast is about and for parents who are tired of being told how to do it and what to do. And there's no one way to parent. And there are many ways to parent. And I today I have an amazing mama bear in the parent movement. Her name's April Montgomery. I've been following her for a while and I just absolutely adore her. Thanks for joining us, April. Thank you so much for having me. That was a very kind <laughs> intro. <laughs> Uh, well, April is April Montgomery. Thank you for making time. And uh, April Montgomery, she's a fearless uh, Frederick County mom in Maryland. Um, and I just I, I've been following her for a while. I, I see what she's done. Um, she's formerly worked in kindergarten. She's been calling out the woke agenda in Frederick County. She recently uh, made a go at, at running for school board. And um, she is just one of those moms that just stays on it and just just makes people aware of what's going on. And she's hugely helpful for moms like me who are trying to track what's going on in Maryland. And um, so April, thank you for joining the podcast today. And I just want to talk to you about how you got in, involved in education. I know you have a bit of an education background, but and also now that you're a mom, I mean, what kind of got you into following the education issue for a while? Well, being a mom is actually what got me into education. I've been working with kids since I was 14. I always kind of felt a calling. I have a younger sibling with um, special needs, and I worked with her and her physical therapy and vocational therapy. And from there, I just kept on working with kids. And then when I had my own, I wanted to stay home with them. So when they started school, I looked for a job in the education field, which a lot of parents do. Uh, just so I could work the same hours and have the summers off with them. Uh, when everything started going wonky, if you will, with education during, I, I took notice of it mainly during the pandemic. Uh, my daughter was doing virtual learning and got a lesson that was highly inappropriate about condom use. And uh, typically, you know, but this was seventh grade. You know, and she just was not there yet. And I think that the main issue that a lot of parents have is that we know our kids and when they're ready. And if we're not made aware of what's being taught, then we don't have a say in whether or not it's appropriate for them at that time. Yeah. Well, I even saw you do a discussion, um, I think it was with Armstrong Williams, and you were talking about how sometimes my youngest daughter uh, feels like she might be a dog one day, but that doesn't mean I'm going to go get her hair transplants and, you know, try to change her as a person. Sometimes they're just not ready. They're just using their imagination. Sometimes they're finding themselves. And, you know, uh, what, how, how have you felt about all this very aggressive, uh, social push on our kids in trying to get them involved in issues they're not ready for? Well, the biggest issue that I think is, is that, these children are being told, especially at a very pivotal age between the ages of 10 and 16, that if they don't like their bodies or if they're uncomfortable in their bodies, that they might be transgender. I mean, show me, um, you know, a 10 to, I don't know, I'm 41, a woman that's comfortable in her own body, especially during puberty. You know, your body's going through so many changes. And this is for boys, too, that no woman 
is comfortable in her own skin. They're very confused. So it's a very easy time to be manipulated and be, you know, like, well, maybe I, well, if, if I get puberty blockers and I won't grow breasts and I won't have to hide them. I mean, I have a daughter who developed early and for her, it was very confusing and upsetting. And to tell her, well, it might be easier if you're a boy. Do you know how confusing that is? And I mean, especially for oh. our little ones. Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, just even uh, my my girls have uh, both names that are Quinn and Bailey. And so they're names that are pretty, you know, they could be a boy or a girl name. And um, but, you know, they embrace uh, the color pink and all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. But also one of mine is kind of a tomboy and they just, you know, everyone develops differently. Everyone, um, you know, they they look at things differently, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're ready to just change, you know, everyone comes at things differently. And um, it almost feels like kids are being forced to make an identity call right away. um, And change right away on everything. Um, And and some of it's pretty detrimental stuff in in changing uh, with surgery and all sorts of things that kids just are not ready to make the decision for. Well, agreed. And the false narrative that these puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones are reversible is absolutely false. So you start, you know, halting a natural process within your body. It's going to have repercussions. It has repercussions like osteoporosis and heart issues. And these poor children aren't growing. I mean, there are brain developments that happen during puberty that they're also halting. You have to go through this process of growing and becoming a an adult. And part of that is maturing mind, body, and soul. And it has to be a natural process. When you interrupt that process, you cause so many different issues. And and not to mention, I mean, my daughter, my four-year-old, when people are walking down the street, she can tell me, even if I can't tell, if someone's a boy or a girl, like biologically, why is that yeah. boy wearing a dress? Why does that girl have a mustache? Like she knows it's innately in us. And she, and she's not being led. My children are allowed to be kids. And I think that that's gone out the window. And I think that's where we need to get back to. And that's where a lot of moms and dads are fighting for. Save my kids' innocence. Let them be little. Being a grown-up is hard. They don't need to be pushed into that right away. Yeah, absolutely. Well, how many kids do you have, April? What's um, How many? You have three? Is that- I have three. I have a 16-year-old okay. son, a 14-year-old daughter, and a 5-year-old daughter. Okay. So you went through the pandemic and I think you had to make a lot of decisions like a lot of parents and you have sort of a hybrid situation in that I think you still have children in public school, but then you also recently made the big jump to be also a homeschool mom as well. How's that working? <laughs> well, you know, okay, so actually all three of my kids now since we've spoken are homeschooled. We chose to pull oh, okay. the older two as well uh, at the end of September. And that was due to a very controversial language arts uh, assignment that was given to my daughter. And my son was accused of some things that he ne- he did not do. And the school didn't handle it very well. And I was like, you know what? This is just not a safe environment in any way for our kids. And we can do a a better job of leading them the way we feel is correct with our faith, with our beliefs and, you know, just keeping them safe. The five-year-old never entered school. We chose very early on that she was going to be homeschooled at least until we could figure this out. My two teenagers, we just pulled the end of September and they were reluctant, 
but they kind of like sleeping until nine o'clock and schoolwork only (laughs) takes them four hours. And my son has been helping with some other things around town and doing his and doing his like economic research through experience. So it's been a wonderful thing. And I got to be honest with you. I think they've learned more in the last month than they had during the entire pandemic. Yeah. I I just started homeschooling my, my five-year-old in kindergarten and um, you know, I find there they they talk about socialization. They talk about are they not getting everything they need to learn? My daughter is so well advanced, and than other kids, and and also I've I've heard homeschool parents say that they um, that they also are taught. You know, when you're in school, you kind of have set friends that you meet just because you've met them in the classroom. With homeschooling, you actually learn the skill to proactively meet people and get to know them. And so you that's a huge skill to have as an adult, as you know, in your life, whether at church or at work, to actually proactively make relationships. And so I, I, I've never found a homeschool kid to be introverted. They tend to be actually very social and they have these multi-generational relationships where they know how to interact with people because very rarely are you ever in a situation in the real world where you just have one set of people who are the same age around you all the time. Correct. Yeah. I mean, honestly, my five-year-old is probably the most socially balanced child we know, and that's due to actual social interactions, like real ones. She'll talk to people at the grocery store. She'll talk to people at the playground. She has to initiate those rest, those those relationships. It's not like, oh, I'm sitting next to this person. I'm going to talk to them. Oh, I'm with this kid. These five or 25 or now our school classrooms are so overpopulated. Some classes are upwards of 35 children. I'm with these 35 children all day. These are my friends. No, you actually get to make friends based on interests and common goals. And even in an educational setting, that's more fun. So these kids are more free to be themselves. My five-year-old is already doing addition, subtraction, knows all of her numbers, letters. She can spell her own name, write her own name. She just started kindergarten. I worked in kindergarten. You don't, they're not there yet in public school. I mean, some select few, but not all. They're dealing with also 20 other kids. When you have a one-on-one experience with your kid, you're you're getting you're flying through stuff instead of having to try to teach 20 other 19 other kids. <laughs> it's just it's yeah, amazing I mean, how much I, faster. I was, very, I was blessed because I had what was called a kindergarten enrichment class. I'm not a certified teacher. I worked in the before and after care program, but I did have a half day kindergarten class with 10 children. 10. And that was the perfect group of kindergartners. Those kids did so well. I had three children that came in not speaking English and left their year of kindergarten speaking English due to just that interaction and and through play and having the freedom in that kindergarten enrichment class to not run on a full, you know, um, like curriculum. You know, I didn't have lesson plans per se. I wrote plans out. We had activities where they were learning. However, it was we could go by how they were feeling that day. And that's very much how homeschooling works. My five-year-old's not feeling it in the morning and she's got her sassy pants on. We do school work <laughs> in the afternoon, you know, when she's got herself together. And, and, you're all, and you're also working mom too. So you're kind of balancing this. And so I under, your husband's also helping with the homeschooling as well. He is. My going? husband works at night. So he's actually doing most of the homeschooling. I work really long hours right now. Um, campaign season, you know, I'm doing what I can to help everyone. And, you know, my, my campaign may have ended, but my advocacy for our children and Frederick County as a whole did not, nor will it ever. 
You know, I mean, I got into running because I wanted to make a difference and I found I could still do that by helping others and staying active with the board of education meetings, with the, you know, county council meetings, with all of it. Just being informed is hugely helpful. I went to vote and I knew every name on that ballot and I've never been that much of an informed voter. And I and I highly, highly suggest people getting involved because you can meet these people. They're just people. They're people just like you. And they feel that call and, and they and they're acting on it. And it has just been a wonderful experience. I mean, all of it wrapped up. Yeah, there's a lot of injustices going on. And yeah, I'm having to learn how to parent in this quote unquote new world with all this insane curriculum that's being pushed on our kids. But when you start really uncovering where it's coming from, parents do have the control and you can make the sacrifices to do what's right for your children. Well, I love what you've been doing. Um, I highly recommend everyone who's watching and, and listening to this uh, podcast as well to check out your Facebook group. Vaporl's got a Facebook group um, called Our Children, Our Voice. Um, check that out. She's constantly updating and you know sharing what she's finding um, going on in the Frederick County Schools. And, and really, I mean, it's the same. It, what she's doing is such incredible mom kind of citizen journalism in many ways um, that y- you do see with other moms but she's just so wonderful in covering it by detail. And, and, and you really get a feel of what is going on in schools everywhere, really, when you see what she's doing. And so I highly recommend Our Children, Our Voice Facebook group. Um, one of the things that I discovered following April um, is that she kind of referenced it earlier, but a language arts lesson. And I don't know if you can see this, but she had a picture of her son's um, her son's uh, it was it your son or daughter my daughter um, daughter okay um so there was a lesson and it actually give it was a lesson showing um all the different new pronouns that they were teaching in english class and i showed it to a mom who uh no grandmother actually um and she had taught in the frederick county schools she had been admi- administrator in the frederick county schools and i showed it to her and she said Oh, are they trying to teach another language? Um, I, I don't understand what they and their and zeers and and she. I, I mean, I showed it to her like the new pronouns they're teaching in English class, and she didn't. I mean, who recognizes that? It's not even. <laughs> it's it's a new invention of pronouns. I mean, what did you think when you saw this, and and what kind of happened with that when your son uh, or your I'm sorry, your daughter called it out and and made it public? Well, I was aware that this was going to start coming up. I mean, I've got a lot of contacts within FCPS and none of them will ever be named. So if anybody wants to talk to me about anything that's going on, everything's anonymous. And I, and I state that with conviction because I was an educator and I know how difficult it is to be conservative or not really approve of what's going on around you and feel you know, trapped, like you can't speak up. But when I saw it actually in writing and the fact that there's a line in there that states instructing children that they are to call everyone, they, them, in order to not offend, now they're changing the language. Now what they're doing is changing the the society within the buildings that everyone is just the same. And until they tell you what you can call them, even though they may biologically be a girl, you may have known them to be a biological girl in the same schools with them for 10 years. Now, nope, you have to call them they, them until they give you permission or tell you what to call them. And it's just this level of control and confusion. And those other pronouns, I mean, come on. The funniest thing about this, I think, is when I started reporting on it and I had evidence 
I had people coming at me like, well, yeah, it's language arts. They're supposed to teach pronouns. They're not supposed to teach those pronouns. They used this as an opportunity to push the gender ideology and the falsity that parents were given that we were going to be able to opt out of this. Well, you can only opt out if it's happening where it's supposed to happen. And that is in family life. And that is one section of one class. And it is not English class. So there you start sneaking this in other places. Then they can educate your kids, even if you're opting them out of the family life. It's sneaky and it's icky. And I had to get it out there. And no matter what comes up, I'm going to continue to do that. Yeah, well, as uh, thank you for that. And as somebody who's been following the education system in, in Frederick, I have to say, I've been following kind of the D.C. area, somebody who works in the media, and I always associated the Frederick County area as um, kind of a more conservative area. And I never would have thought the school system would go that way. People move to Frederick, they get out of Montgomery County or they get out of Howard County. There's areas in, in Maryland that are woke and they're like, okay, I need a better place for my kids. But then you go to Frederick now and you're like, what is this pronoun? What is, I mean, people like April Montgomery are telling people like, hey, this is what's happening guys. And and thank you for that. Um, and it, it's important for us to, you know, signal to people what's going on because it has to stop before it gets really bad. And, and thank you for uh, making people aware about that. And, and then also how, when, when did this change start to happen? Was it during the pandemic or did the school board start school board and schools start to get a little more woke over the past five years? I mean, what's the timeline of what's been going on? So it's been going on for a while. It actually started, they started adding gender um, identity and expression to seventh grade. I think it was back in like 2017, 2018. And that was when they started working on the policy 443, which is the transgender rights policy. And that adds basically the ability for children that identify as the opposite sex to enter spaces like bathrooms and locker rooms. And that that goes over the the use of proper pronouns and name use in that policy. It also states that, um, you know, teachers and administration are not to use preferred pronouns with the parents of those children if the children say don't. So our kids have been asked their pronouns for years. It's just now become K through 12 in 2021. And that was when um, COMAR, the Code of Maryland, got changed and they adopted the new framework in March of 2021. So they've been pushing for it since 2017. Okay. So it's actually been going on for, for quite a while. And then, so your children, um, so you started to see this with your, your oldest and then even your middle child as far as how, how this was changing. And so then with your youngest, you're just like, okay, forget this. We're, we're, we're just starting the whole thing, starting homeschooling. And then now the other ones are homeschooled. Well, um, kudos to you for, for keeping the fight. Even now your kids are homeschooled, but you still make people aware of what's going on in the public schools, which thank you for that. And, you know, cause our, our kids are probably going to marry somebody who was in a public school or, you know, have friends who are in the public school. So we have to keep fighting. We have to keep making sure that, you know, those kids have a chance in having a good education and, um, yeah. One thing I always say to that, people who I speak. Um, so to, thank you for joining us on the, uh, be, sure. Oh, sorry. One thing I always say okay. to people that are speaking to me about this and especially those that say, I don't have any kids in Frederick County public school. I don't have any kids. My kids are grown. Okay. Well, these children are going to grow up and they're going to lead our country. These children okay. are going to marry your grandchildren, your children. These children are going to be 
a part of society. I would love, I'm a firm believer in public schools. I would love to get my five-year-old back into school at some point, but not while it's like this. And we need to keep an eye on it. I did want to correct you on one thing. I changed the name of my Facebook page. It is now, yeah, it is now, um, truth and transparency with April. Okay. okay. We had a little bit of a conflict with the name and it was just, everyone okay. was using it. So I wanted to do something a little bit different. So it's truth and transparency with April on Facebook. Please come and follow it. I put up stuff, not only about Frederick, but what's going on nationwide, especially in our neighboring counties. Um, and I would, I'd love to have people's feedback. And again, if any teachers, educators, administrators, or even concerned citizens would like to reach out to me, I can make you and everything you say completely uh, you know, I'm stuck for the yes. word. Oh my gosh. And then anonymous. Oh. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, yes. Well, you know, I, I love how parents like you have been making people aware of what's going on and getting the word out. And it truly is citizen journalism. And as somebody who works in the media, I love it because it helps me also inform people too. You know, when you actually see, you know, the visual of the, the picture of the English class, you know, and you've, you've even made people aware of, the overcrowding in the school buses too. I mean, my gosh, kids are standing in the aisles, huge safety risk. Um, I mean, just you go to April's uh, Facebook page, Truth and Transparency with April. I mean, you will see what's going on in schools. And it's really, a near. It's like I said, it's a story that's happening everywhere. And it's really important for you to see and be aware of. And um, it's, it's terrific that you're taking the time to do this as a mom who's juggling work and juggling homeschooling and kid, three kids. And so God bless you, April. So thank you for joining us on the Bespoke Parenting Podcast. Thank oh, you thank so you. much God for making time. God bless you too and thank- your family. I appreciate it. Thank you. Well, this, thank you so much. And, and thank you for listening to the Heather, uh, for H- Heather Hunter on the Bespoke Parenting Podcast. And thank you for listening.